This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Madsplainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today I'm talking with Cap Times local government reporter and Madsplainers co-host Abigail Becker, whose latest cover story looks at what it's like to be looking for a new Madison police chief at this unprecedented moment. Welcome to the podcast, Abby. Thanks, Natalie. So first off, let's remind our listeners, how did we end up with this vacancy? Yeah, so Madison has been without a permanent police chief for about a year. Uh, The former chief, Mike Koval, abruptly retired on September 29th, 2019. Um, And he did that uh, by a blog post entry, and it came as a surprise to lots of people. You know, even Mayor Sate Rhodes-Conway found out the same day that the public did. Wow. Since then, the Police and Fire Commission named Vic Wall as the acting chief of the department. And since then, you know, he's led the department through the coronavirus pandemic and unprecedented protests and demonstrations over police brutality that occurred for much of the summer. Now, he said he's not interested in the permanent police chief position and called the job remarkably challenging in the best of times. And I think that we're clearly going through very challenging times right now. And he also noted that a number of police chief vacancies across the country as an indication of how stressful these positions are in mid to large size cities. Got it. And how does the hiring process work? How, and how does the public get to influence the decision? Yeah, so the Police and Fire Commission is the body with statutory authority to hire and fire police and fire chiefs. Madison's PFC is not expected to name a new chief until likely early next year. They're also working with a consulting firm to conduct a search process. That firm is called the Police Executive Research Forum, and they've done a number of searches for many years. Um, You know, they've been at this process for about a year, and they've conducted several opportunities for public input. The public can email the Police and Fire Commission. The PFC, you know, issued a survey and has hosted virtual town hall meetings. A lot of the public input opportunities have been, you know, complicated by the pandemic and wanting to, you know, not get large groups of people together. Also, the Local Voices Network has hosted conversations uh, to try to drive uh, a new and kind of different way to get thoughts of the public to the commissioners who serve on the PFC. I see. And how much power does the public really have here, though? Yeah, that's a good question. The PFC has expressed a commitment to hearing from the public and, you know, weighing their opinions in the chief selection process. But ultimately, this decision lies with the five commissioners on the PFC. Okay. And you've been working uh, over the past few months to gather your own intel about what people want from the next chief. How did you go about doing that? Yeah, so I've uh, watched a lot of police and fire commission meetings, especially the ones where residents shared their input. So for several of the meetings, different members of the community, some representing community organizations, had a, you know, a 20-minute opportunity on the PFC's agenda to weigh in and let the commissioners know what they want in a chief. 
I also reached out to local activists in the community and, you know, people who have been vocal about policing in Madison. Of course, I also reached out to police officers because they're also anticipating what they want in their future boss as they look toward the hiring of the next police chief. Right. And as you mentioned before, there's clearly no disputing that this is an unprecedented time for multiple reasons. And among them, you know, beyond the pandemic, there's this protest movement that's fueling concern about police violence. um, And we're hearing calls for reducing police budgets or even for rethinking policing altogether. How is this protest movement changing the hiring process? And is it changing what the city seems to be looking for? Yeah, so I'd say the process, you know, hasn't changed from my knowledge, though I would say I've heard a repeated commitment from PFC members to consider community input in the process. You know, this seems to be a very, um, you know, a top concern for commissioners in, you know, making the decision. I think that this time of protest amid a national reckoning with racism has made it clear that communities want something different from their police departments and from the person who leads them. I was looking back at the announcement for the position for police chief of Madison, and it clearly acknowledged the, quote, national upheaval in policing sparked by the death of George Floyd and the ensuing outcry for racial justice. And it also said that the next chief should be a leader who, quote, can create a police culture that prioritizes racial and social justice and who can build and sustain public trust in the police department in all of Madison's communities. Um, So, The PFC is making it very clear uh, that, you know, this is a unique moment and that the next police chief should rise to the occasion and, you know, take all of this into consideration. Right. And I suppose the challenge will just be figuring out what kind of person that is that can do that. Exactly. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. So when you asked cops and activists and experts about what qualities the next chief should have, to what extent did their recommendations seem to be shaped by this specific moment? I'd say some feedback was definitely shaped by this moment. I heard some people say that they want the new chief to be from the community and not be from the policing profession. You know, in other words not have any policing experience whatsoever. Others specifically said they want a Black woman to be chief. And a local activist told me that she wants the chief to really connect with the community and commit to acting on some of their demands. Some call for a chief who will pledge to shift funding from traditional policing activities to community-based services like restorative courts and emergency response teams of medical and crisis workers. Yet others request a commitment to current policing programs like the Community Outreach and Resource Education Team, the Madison Addiction Recovery Initiative, and Amigos in Azul. Another hope for a chief who would not be afraid to praise, defend, or discipline officers when necessary. And some prioritize knowledge of the department and want to see candidates from within the police department. So these are all pretty different things here, and, you know, some of them are at odds with each other. But I wanted to highlight something that a senior counselor at the National Police Foundation said. And he mentioned that, you know, some characteristics are timeless. Primarily, he said that a community is looking for a police chief that they can believe in. And he said they're looking for someone that they can trust, someone who has legitimacy, and someone who is a person of integrity. So, uh, again, I think all of this 
input really highlights a challenge that the police and fire commission will be facing in terms of, of picking someone because, of course, not everyone will be able to do everything that the community wants. Right. You also note that Madison is in the process of implementing some new police oversight measures, which we talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast. How will that process change things for this new chief? Yeah, so the new chief will be doing their job as an independent monitor and civilian review board are getting to work in Madison for the very first time. Keith Finley, who was the former co-chair of an ad hoc committee that recommended these civilian review mechanisms, said that they offered challenges and opportunities for a new chief. The challenges are, of course, navigating the new oversight mechanisms, but the opportunities are that they could serve to build trust with the community in Madison. And that's something that the chief will also need to do. Yeah. In your story, you quote the acting chief, Vic Wall, who talked about chiefs having to walk a number of different tightropes in their work. What did he mean by that? Well, to explain what he meant, I I wanted to go back to something that former Madison police chief Noble Ray told me, and that is that he called the position of police chief the, quote, ultimate balancer. You know, so each individual resident in Madison has their own idea of who a police chief should be and what a police chief should be like. And the person in that position has to balance all of those competing and conflicting opinions to lead a department. So acting chief Vicwall was sort of getting at this idea of, you know, how he put it, this idea of reconciling communities. And he was saying that the chief will really have to be able to balance the voice of officers and elected officials and, of course, community members. And he really uh, described it as trying to be all things to all people, which is impossible. But, you know, he was describing that it's something that, you know, a chief might feel pressure to be. And he said that a chief has to be able to both listen and connect with the community while also building up a team within the department. So all of that together, I imagine, is just incredibly difficult to do when you have, of course, some in the community who are not in support of the police department at all, and then some who are huge proponents of the police department. So again, this new person is going to have to come into Madison and really be able to you know, balance all of these things. All right, so where do we stand in the hiring process? Well, as of now, 43 candidates have applied. So the next steps include candidate vetting before that consulting firm provides police and fire commission members with a full list of candidates. And that's supposed to happen in about mid-October. The consultant will also you know, tell them the recommendations for those who they believe should get an interview. So then a first round of interviews will take place in mid-November, and then finalist interviews are expected to take place in early December. So, you know, neither the consulting firm nor the PFC could really predict just how, you know, the Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd and then the subsequent calls to defund the police department, you know, might affect the search or the number of applicants. Back in July, when these protests were happening, you know, very regularly here in downtown Madison, you know, one of the, the consultants with the consulting firm working on the search here in Madison said that there's an element of uncharted territory to all of this and that they just weren't sure how many candidates they were going to get. Um, but, you know, since then, I mean, the 43 people have applied. And I think that the consultant and the PFC, I think, feel that they have a good group of people that they can vet and then hopefully, you know, pick a finalist from. 
Just an interesting point, the Police Executive Research Forum is currently working with Madison and then also with Louisville on their police searches. And these are the first searches the firm has conducted since Floyd's death. So, you know, I'll be interested in after these, you know, searches are complete to sort of follow back up with this consulting firm to figure out, you know, what they've learned in both of these processes since everything has sort of changed this summer. Absolutely. And Last question, why was this story important to you? What were you trying to do here? You know, so as the PFC considers who will be the next leader of the Madison Police Department, I really thought it was important to figure out what a wide cross-section of the community has to say about this position. And while, of course, I didn't talk with everyone, um, you know, I tried to talk with as many people as possible. And what I found is that there are just so many ideas of what a police chief should be like and the characteristics that this person should have and that some of them are in conflict. And I really think that this represents the competing views of the role a police department should have here in Madison. And I think that the city still has some decisions to make on what they want and expect from the Madison Police Department. And, you know, I'm sure these conversations will continue to happen. And so I I hope to follow them as they do. Yeah, definitely. Abby, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I always love talking to you about these stories. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Abigail Becker, who's been keeping Cap Times readers in the loop about local government since 2016. Tune in next week for a conversation about our next cover story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Madsplainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.